For many believers, the practice of fasting seems very foreign, yet Jesus assumed that we would do it. Why should Christians fast? What should be our motivation in fasting? How do we prepare ourselves for fasting? Join the Brookwood Care Pastors in this three-part series on the spiritual discipline of fasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. Uh, my name is Gene Beckner and I'm the Care Pastor. And as always, here with Doug Wildman and Joshua J. Masters. Howdy, howdy. Hello. And uh, we are continuing and actually ending our three-week uh, series on fasting. And so um, what we're going to do today is we're going to um, talk about possible reasons uh, that someone might want to fast. And, uh, you know, there is a misconception out there that fasting is basically getting God's attention to do for you um, what you want Him to do. Mm. And even in our discussions before um, the podcast today, um, you can ask God for what you would like, what you want. But going back to what Doug said last week about the, the posture and setting the tone and the atmosphere, we always want to be in a position of humbleness when we do that. But we want to ask with confidence that he hears us. You know, we, we know that uh, from Hebrews. And then Josh also mentioned, but also be open to whatever it is that he does want to give you, because mm. it could be different. Um, and, you know, we, we've shared our experiences with fasting before, and I know that the, the last time that I fasted, um, it was to prepare for this series. You know, we were wanting to present this in a way that honored God and that people could relate to. And so that was really my focus. And so, but what ended up happening was as the day went on, there was just a strong sense of peace. Hmm. Even the next day when I woke up, I just felt very peaceful. Hmm. And yet that wasn't something that I was asking for. That was not something that I was looking for, you know, so to speak. But that's what came. Yeah. And so, you know, did, did that help me in my relationship with God? Absolutely. Because, you know, I went through a, a day and he sustained me. And there were seasons during that day. It felt like a whole season, <laughs> um, you know, but that he sustained me. And so I was able to look back and be... Um, Having had that experience, I can I can be more emboldened in my relationship with him to realize that he's there with me, um, and even if what I'm asking for doesn't exactly come out the the way that I expected it, just the fact that I'm entering into it, hopefully with the right attitude, uh, helps my relationship. Was there anything you guys wanted to share about your most recent fast? Anything? Well, I think it's very helpful to fast with other people. Because I'll be honest, like I probably would have bailed if I, I, I'm just being honest. I might have bailed on it if if, if it wasn't for the fact that the two yeah. of you were also doing it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, um, There's strength and community in fasting as well as connecting with God, and it very much felt like we were in it together. Yeah, and uh, I also didn't receive what I was expecting to receive. Right. I received this sense of community, even though we were seeking wisdom about the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it was a similar experience, but with a different outcome. Cool. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I just became aware of how oftentimes I will go to the pantry or something to go and get some food. Yes. Mm. And <clears throat> it's not necessarily because I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, it's just like started to become aware of it. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? So I became more, I guess, mindful of the things that I was doing, which I thought was kind of interesting. So it it allowed me the opportunity at that point to to pray and mm-hmm. to to seek God and to uh, not be ruled by my by my appetite. Mm. So, yeah, I, actually, I found that to be the case too. There were several times I would start to walk and be like, "Oh no, nope, and get some more water," you know. And then I just had to I had to make a choice and walk away. You mm-hmm. know? Sometimes it's a it's a sacrifice. You know, to do that, but it w- it was definitely worth it. That's the point. It's, yeah, is yeah. that there's a sacrifice involved? Yeah. yeah. So, what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of uh, give some examples of um, you know what might motivate someone to to enter into a fast, um, and we're going to mention several, <clears throat> and then each of us are going to kind of go into depth on on one. Um, and, and some of these come from the New Testament, some come from the Old Testament. Um, and these, these, this, is, this is not an exhaustive list. There are other examples, but we just wanted to give everyone kind of a flavor for, um, you know, what might I fast for. Um, you know, probably the, the one that we know the most is, is to prepare for ministry. You know, Jesus spent 40 days uh, in the wilderness. Um, interesting that he was led there by the Holy Spirit. He was taken there by the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, he, he fasted, um, you know, and he encounters temptations from Satan. And, and again, if you look in that, both in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll see his response, you know, is Scripture, but he also um, denies himself, you know, right. before, his, uh, before his ministry starts. I think it's worth noting as well that when Jesus fasts, which is the best example we have, mm-hmm. it was not an easy process for him. Right. So we should not feel bad when we struggle with fasting mm-hmm. because it was a difficult process even for Christ. Right. Um, another example is uh, to seek protection or deliverance, and uh, we see that in Ezra 8 where Ezra uh, declares a corporate fast and um, prays for the journey that the Israelites were taking uh, as they go from Jerusalem to Babylon. Um, the, the idea of uh, victory and crying out to God for help there's, there's plenty of examples of that in, in the Old Testament. Um, Judges 20, 26 is where you could find that. Um, to worship. Um, Anna, who is listed in Luke 2, you know, it says she never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And it says that she was devoted to God. And so, you know, there are several... There, there's not a wrong reason to fast unless... Your motivation is self-serving, you know, that it's um, it needs to be okay. My reliance is going to be upon God, whatever my my reason has to be. Um, and so, what I wanted to focus on was this idea of uh, asking God for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is is James one five, which says to ask for wisdom, and it said that God will give it to you liberally. He will give you many, much of it. And it says he won't find fault for you asking. Right. And so the idea of going to God to ask for wisdom on something, that's kind of what I did for 
the fast for the podcast on fasting was I wanted wisdom. I wanted to know how to present this in a way that, again, would honor God and that people could relate to. And so, you know, it could be wisdom for lots of things. It could be, you know, should I enter into a relationship with this person? You know, should I enter into a business relationship with this person? You know, should should I take a job? You know, um, should I make this purchase, a house or... Um, you know, it could be a car. It could, it could be lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great about that is is that we have examples. If you look in Acts fourteen twenty three, it says that that Paul and Barnabas are praying and fasting uh, for the elders before they commit them to the Lord uh, for service. So asking God to give us really, in essence, His wisdom about what the path should be, mm-hmm. and. What's great is I've had several people who um, who have come and take taken our care ministries training, uh, or who have taken our place class, which is the spiritual gifts assessment. And in a lot of cases, there has been some prayer and some fasting on God. What's my next step here? Mm-hmm. And that that ended up being the step that God was directing them to take. And even after the fact, you know, they, they go through a training and then say, okay, God, what do you want to do with this? That's a great time to fast to say, okay, now that I have more knowledge, how do you want to use this? Because it's not just to get knowledge, it's to somehow implement it. Hmm. Um, so I'm real partial to asking God for wisdom. And sometimes we need to ask God for wisdom about what we need wisdom about. You know what I mean? Like we mm. might go into a period of fasting and prayer yeah. asking for wisdom about a specific thing, but God may need us to have wisdom about something else. Because mm-hmm. as we said in the beginning, sometimes what we're going into the time of fasting for, God redirects us. Right. Yeah, maybe that's the best attitude of all to have is just to say, God, what do you want to say? Mm-hmm. And and again, I think going back to what Josh said about the last week about the idea of having a plan— um, I think it's important to have a plan, but like what we're saying is, is are we open if God wants to redirect us? And I think as long as we are, then even if we don't get the answer that we thought we were going to get, we get something that's what God had for us that was better than what we needed. You know, and sometimes those those questions disappear when we get something else from Him. Yeah, you know, I have found yeah. that in my life to be true. Yeah, and when I preached a couple of weeks ago, one of the points that I made was that sometimes you come to God with a huge question that you feel like needs an answer, but once you are exposed to the character of God, mm. you realize the question doesn't really matter yeah. anymore. Yep, and that can happen in times of yeah. fasting. That's mm. a good word. Um, as we were studying, um, I came across a, a quote from John Piper. And I almost hesitate to oh. say it because then this will be... A... <laughs> I already don't like Oof. it. <laughs> he says, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. Mm. I, think you should, I think you should read that again. Yeah. The absence of fasting, meaning if, if we don't have it in our lives, it's the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. And he goes on to say, if we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because we've drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because we've nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things, and there's no room for the great. Mm. Yikes. 
Yeah. That's a punch in the spiritual it is. throat. Yeah. But it's it's really good to <laughs> to chew on that and consider that again. If if uh, if you're listening to this and you're entering into a time where you're considering a fast, um, you know, th- this might be the the time for that. Yes. So Doug, you you were going to talk about another reason why we could fast. Yeah. Um, I come across a lot of people who are just ruled by feelings of of a guilty conscience. It's like their their life is wrapped around this identification that they have with this this thing that they've done wrong, and there's remorse that's there, and they're having a hard time knowing how to go on with their life. And so repentance is actually a really good reason for us to fast. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that um, a guilty conscience, for example, can make you sick. It can make you depressed. And I would guess that it probably could even shorten your life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing some research for today's episode, I came across a, uh, a website which gives an example of what the world says that we should do um, with a guilty conscience. Mm. And uh, here's, what, here's what it came up with. Five ways. It says, visualize the thing that you did and make it funny. Like, hmm. yeah, I cheated on my wife. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, I don't think so. I mean, who on earth is going to make that into a funny thing? Hmm. Um, how is that supposed to help? Um, another one that the world has to offer is uh, find a, uh, find the positive in the thing that you did. Hmm. Again, how on earth are you going to do that when you are – ruled with a guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. So that's now, basically saying justify your actions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. See, see the, the positive in the thing that you did. Another one is let it go. Just mm-hmm. – I won't break out into song here. <laughs> <I don't worry>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, just – yeah, just don't – stop doing that. Quit, quit feeling guilty. Um, clear your mind. That was mm-hmm. the, the other mm-hmm. one. And then write out affirmations to yourself. That's what the world has to offer when it comes to – a guilty conscience. And make no mistake about it, nobody likes to feel guilt. Mm-hmm. It's a very uncomfortable thing. But in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says that there's a godly kind of guilt and then there's a worldly kind of guilt. Um, listen to this. It says, for godly grief produces a repentance mm-hmm. that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Worldly guilt leaves us feeling um, worried and numb, demoralized. It makes us spiritually insensitive. It makes us be more driven by instinct, makes us more depressed, makes us feel like victims. Whereas um, if you look at uh, this verse that we were just looking at, uh, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 10 and following, it says this about the kind of guilt that God allows us to have. Um, it makes us more alive. It makes us more concerned. It makes us more sensitive. It makes us more reverent. It makes us more human. It makes us more passionate, and it makes us more responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the kinds of things that come from a godly kind of uh, guilty conscience. Um, I almost hesitate to use the word guilt because it's got such a bad rap. Yeah. But it does cause us to refocus our attention. What 
this has to do with fasting is that this gives us a, a chance. Fasting gives us a chance to go to God with that that feeling of guilt, mm-hmm. to lay it before him and to say, God, would you would you receive this fast as a a token of my repentance toward you so that we can go to bed at night and say it is finished right. god has heard us we've humbled ourselves before god and we can let it be we can actually let it rest in the hands of god who who promises that if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm. so for me when i think of that from a counseling perspective that's powerful mm-hmm. to actually have a venue where we can actually go to God and say, it is finished. I, I brought this before you, God. Mm-hmm. I know without a shadow of a doubt that you've heard me. Yeah, it's good. And then you are talking about repentance, and sometimes tied to that is grief, right? Yes. I think you actually used the word grief, and um, that's another reason to fast, is to go through a time of grief or a time of mourning. And I don't think that that's something that we often think about because when someone dies in your family, the first thing that happens is you've got 15 casseroles and you carb up and you have a lot of eating and you sort of eat your feelings. Mm. But really a very appropriate time to fast is when you're going through a time of mourning. And one one Bible story that sort of ties the two together is the story of David in 2 Samuel because... David had been told by the prophet that his son was going to die. And this is after he had um, had an affair with Bathsheba and had Bathsheba's husband killed. Mm -hmm. And the penalty was going to be, even though he had repented, he repented so God spared his life, but part of the penalty was that his son was going to die. And so David finds himself in a place of repentance, but also in great mourning because his son is going to die. So yeah. he goes into this period of fasting and he lays on the ground, and we see this all in 2 Samuel 12. But he also accepts God's judgment and decision because once the child finally does die, then David gets up and he stops his fast, accepting God's decision. Mm-hmm. But he goes through a period of great mourning where he doesn't eat and he lays on the ground and he, and he seeks God. Yeah. And he goes through that mourning in a time of fasting in both repentance and in grief. Mm-hmm. And we know that grieving is the right time to fast because Jesus said so. At one of the times when the Pharisees were coming after Jesus and they mocked him when he had feasts, they mocked him when he fasted, like he couldn't couldn't win with the Pharisees. And they Mm -hmm. asked him why the disciples were not fasting while they were with him. And Jesus' reply was, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So he makes a specific point that there are times of mourning when fasting is appropriate. And we also see that in Nehemiah 1, 2 through 7, when Nehemiah is asking his brothers for news of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah has a heart for Jerusalem, but the walls have fallen. And now Jerusalem is vulnerable. And things are not going well for those who have returned to Jerusalem. 
The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. I think one of the things that we do is we don't really process our grief. We don't truly mourn in our culture Mm -hmm. because our culture tells us that we have to move on. Mm. And many, many times we see people who have gone through years of angst because they haven't properly mourned a situation or a person that they've lost. Mm. And so taking a time to fast and to seek God and to feel the emotions and to cry and weep and cry out to God and go through the process of grieving with God Mm. is much, much healthier. Yeah than trying to move on and swallowing the things that's going on. Hmm. Uh, That's one of the reasons that we have Grief Share. Just a couple weeks ago, we had a special afternoon session of Grief Share that talked about how can you honor your loved ones in the holidays without being completely consumed by the grief that you've swallowed up during the holidays. And we have Grief Share Sessions, a 13-week class to help you process your grief. So if you want help with that, then go to brookwoodchurch.org slash support, and you can sign up for Grief Share. But fasting is a very um, reasonable and healthy way to process and go through your grief and ask God to heal you in your grief. What's interesting about what the two of you chose when you chose repentance and grief and you both said this in a different way, but that the world or well-meaning people have ineffective ways of of helping with those. Like mm. we talked about with the repentance, you just clear your mind and think of it positively. Sometimes with grief, it's you know you feed it, mm-hmm. or you same you know some of the things Doug that you said for repentance, I've heard for grief, like you know mm-hmm. just just let it go, yeah, you know, or just just you know move on. Yeah, don't be sad. They're in a better place. Yeah, yeah. People say ridiculously unhelpful yes. things. Mm-hmm. And so what's great about kind of what the, the two of you latched on to is that the the source of comfort in both of those cases is going to be God. Right. Yes. Not me or mm-hmm. you or a per, another person. Right. Although other people can come alongside of us, this is a one-on-one relationship this is this is you going to god not reading a book or taking a class although those things are good if those things aren't driving me towards going to god as the source and laying those things whether it's saying i was wrong because again it says he's faithful and just to forgive or i i am drowning and i need you to rescue me in both cases you're humbling yourself before the Lord, yeah. and then you're offering up this time to say, "I'm not. I'm not going to rely on on food. I'm not going to rely on the world's ways. I'm going to ask you to to be the one that heals me and speaks to me." That's right. That's that's great. I love how those two kind of, at least in my mind, those two intertwine pretty well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that they all intertwine because. You're seeking God's wisdom rather than your own in circumstances that you don't know how to process. That's true. Right? And one of the other ones that you mentioned on on that list was victory, mm-hmm. right? We go to God looking for victory, but so many times we don't know what we need victory over. That's true. And in all these cases that we've been discussing, it's about seeking his victory. Mm. That's good. Yeah.
And so that's going to wrap up our series on fasting. We do want to encourage you. Again, we want to remind you, just like we said in the previous podcast, seek a doctor's advice before fasting if you have medical concerns. But also, we want to walk with you. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to fast for a day or for one meal or for three days, we'd love to connect with you and hear how God spoke to you. So we'll have a phone number at the end of the podcast. And uh, Gene, why don't you pray us out of this series? Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, teaching us and giving us wisdom. Um, Lord, giving us an opportunity to draw close to you. And uh, Father, I pray that for, uh, for those that are listening, Lord, those who are, uh, are going to fast, Lord, that you would uh, meet them where they are. And Father, help them to um, just take that next step towards you. Father, we, we will leave the results up to you, uh, Lord, but just give us the, the courage, give us the strength to enter into something that might be different for us. Maybe we've never done that before. And I pray that um, as your word in Philippians says in 2.12, that you'll give us the desire and the strength to do your will and that you're working in us. And so, Father, I, I thank you for that, and I pray that you will continue to do so. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement for you as you grow in your prayer life, or if you would just like to connect with us at Brookwood Care Ministries, you can call us at 864-688-8355, or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash care.